Welcome to The Randy Report. I'm Randy Slavacek, your host. I'm also the writer and editor of therandyreport.com, where you can find me every single day on the internet reporting on the daily news cycle in terms of politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community and its allies. In this week's headlines, a new lawsuit challenges Virginia's new law banning LGBTQ discrimination. A small town council refused to recognize Pride Month, so activists staged a Pride ambush. Billy Porter breaks down another barrier as he becomes the first out black man to cover Essence magazine. Plus, new music from out UK singer Paul Middleton. All that and more in this episode of The Randy Report. A professional photographer in Virginia has filed a lawsuit against a new law that he says would force him to violate his sincerely held Christian beliefs by requiring him to provide his services to same-sex weddings. Chris Herring filed the lawsuit this week in the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District of Virginia against the newly enacted Virginia Values Act. Signed into law by Democratic Governor Ralph Northam in April, The law prohibits discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity, extending anti-discrimination measures to include LGBTQ individuals. In legal circles, this kind of lawsuit is known as a pre-enforcement challenge, meaning no one has asked the photographer to photograph a same-sex wedding, nor has he been punished for refusing to photograph a same-sex wedding in violation of the new law. The lawsuit alleges Herring would be forced to violate his conscience, specifically his belief that marriage is between one man and one woman. Herring is being represented by the virulently anti-LGBTQ legal organization Alliance Defending Freedom. The law firm has made it their mission to argue religious liberty cases across the United States all the way to the Supreme Court. ADF senior counsel Jonathan Scruggs said in a statement that he believed artists like Herring, quote, shouldn't be censored, fined, or forced out of business simply for disagreeing with the government's preferred views. Note, nobody is forcing him out of business. Nobody has asked him to photograph a same-sex wedding. Now, it's worth noting that in the past, Alliance Defending Freedom appears to have helped establish new businesses with the sole purpose of creating a client that would have standing to file a lawsuit against recently enacted LGBTQ business protections. For instance, last year, ADF successfully argued at the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit and the Arizona Supreme Court on behalf of a Phoenix-based wedding invitation company called Brush and Nib, who brought a similar pre-enforcement challenge against a local anti-discrimination ordinance like Virginia's. At the time, some LGBTQ activists publicly speculated whether ADF had created Brush and Nib as a means to challenge the Phoenix City Ordinance. Prior to the filing of the original lawsuit, Brush and Nib didn't appear to have a physical address. Also, The artist's social media accounts had only recently been created right before filing the lawsuit, and 
the company's YouTube channel only had one introductory video posted, and it was marked unlisted, so viewers couldn't find it. Things that make you go, hmm. I'll keep you apprised as to how Chris Herring's lawsuit in Virginia proceeds. Social media videos showing a smoke-filled dance floor packed with shirtless patrons at gay nightclub Heretic in Atlanta, Georgia, went viral as DJ Dan Slater played to a packed club partying with not a single face mask in sight. I'll note, mask wearing in Georgia, while not mandatory, is strongly encouraged by both Governor Brian Kemp and Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. The club's owner, Alan Collins initially said the club would remain open despite reported cases of COVID-19 at his venue, but he has now, finally, backtracked and canceled all future events. Following the videos and the subsequent outcry from community members nationwide, Collins released a statement on Facebook which read, quote, Out of an abundance of caution, abundance of caution, We've decided to postpone all scheduled events until further notice so we can continue to gather more information and adjust our operation accordingly. End quote. Now, surely just basic level of caution would have been closing the club from the beginning, right? Collins had previously said that it was a, quote, very confusing and difficult time for nightlife owners. So let's just make this simple, folks. If your non-essential business involves hundreds of people in close proximity, sweating, kissing, shirtless, stay closed. Needless to say, cases of COVID-19 in Atlanta have soared since easing lockdown restrictions in April. Of course, this isn't the first time this kind of behavior has gone viral on the internet. At the start of the pandemic... A number of attendees at the winter party in Miami contracted the virus, with at least three of them dying. And then, of course, there's the now infamous Rona rave that took place in New York City last month. A porn star uploaded over 21 videos from the party that included over 20 people in a Hell's Kitchen apartment. The videos went viral and the LGBTQ community called out its own, saying that this kind of behavior was not appropriate in the middle of a global pandemic. Canadian football player Christian Jones is out of a job after he let loose with a torrent of homophobic tweets over the weekend. The tirade began on Saturday when Jones shared with his Twitter followers his own bigoted philosophy on the morality of sexual relations. Speaking out against same-sex relations, he wrote, I'ma keep it this real. Man ain't supposed to be with a man. It won't surprise you to hear that the tweet has since been deleted. When Jones was confronted by outraged fans, he doubled down and said he would never apologize. Condemnation of Jones was swift and widespread. The Canadian Football League was quick to distance itself from their now former employee. The league tweeted, We in the CFL hold high the diversity is strength banner. Our league makes no claim on perfection, but it does strive to be inclusive, to accept and indeed celebrate our differences, and to respect and honor human rights. There is no place in our league for commentary that disparages people on the basis of their religion, race, gender, or sexual orientation. As Pride Month continues, we stand with the LGBTQ community. We all need to say no to hate and yes to love. Christian eventually apologized, tweeting, quote, 
My words were deeply hurtful, painful, and served zero purpose. I added to the struggle of a community to live a life free of oppression of any kind. I sincerely apologize. I was wrong, end quote. But I'm guessing he'd already heard the news that the Edmonton Eskimos had terminated his contract. The Eskimos released a statement which read, quote, We stand by the LGBTQ2 plus community and firmly condemn the language used by Christian Jones. There is no place for such commentary on our team. Jones has been released from the roster, end quote. Boom. Before joining the CFL, Jones had won two national championships with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Undrafted by the National Football League, he bounced around the CFL before landing with Edmonton. I'm guessing he will continue to bounce again. This past May, the town council in Emo, Ontario, located near Canada's border with Minnesota, voted against a resolution recognizing June as Pride Month in a 3-2 vote. Two of the town councillors and Mayor Harold McQuaker voted against the resolution. The mayor said it would be unfair to pass the resolution because, wait for it, there's no straight pride. During the town council meeting discussing the resolution, McQuaker said, quote, We have one flagpole, and there's no flags being flown for the straight people. End quote. The Northern Ontario Pride Network filed a complaint with the Human Rights Tribunal of Ontario saying that, quote, homophobia was the only reason behind the decision to deny the resolution. According to the complaint, the Pride resolution was approved in Emo in 2018. But in 2019, the town council removed the resolution's LGBTQ supportive language and all references to LGBTQ people and their inclusion and equality. And so, in 2020, the resolution was simply rejected. The complaint argues that this is a form of discrimination on the basis of creed, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, and family status. A statement in the complaint from the Northern Ontario Pride Network read in part, quote, In this day and age, it is unheard of for an Ontario municipality to defy the law and to refuse to recognize pride in such a plainly discriminatory manner. But here's the good part. Even though the resolution recognizing Pride Month was voted down, LGBTQ activists, armed with rainbow flags, feather boas, and balloons, put together an emo ambush pride parade for the town this past weekend. Douglas Judson, the co-chair of Borderland Pride, an umbrella organization which represents several pride celebrations in towns near the Minnesota-Ontario border, worked out a secret plan between residents and businesses in the area to plan an ambush event. And so it was, over the weekend, that a 70-vehicle parade convoy carrying hundreds of supporters showed up in Emo. Some of them lived nearby. Others said they drove up to three hours to attend the event. Due to COVID-19, a traditional pride march gave way to a COVID parade-style procession of decorated vehicles. Even with social distancing guidelines, the attendees set up booths, handed out pride flags, and gave prizes for categories like Emo Fair Queen 2020. Judson told HuffPost Canada, quote, This was like something that brought joy to our community during a time when, frankly, we're all kind of starving for a bit of human connection. That's part of the exercise of pride. 
Judson, who grew up in Nemo, added, It exceeded our wildest expectations. It was really something to have people care that much about sending this message about the need for pride in small communities. The GoFundMe campaign for a San Diego area Starbucks employee who asked a Karen to wear a face mask has now surpassed more than $100,000, and the crunchy Karen now wants half of the money raised. As I reported last week on The Randy Report, yoga instructor Amber Lynn Giles snapped a photo of the barista and posted it on Facebook in an attempt to shame him for following the safety guidelines of his employer and the state of California. But the snarky post backfired on Giles and has led to a $100,000 windfall for the beleaguered barista. On June 18th, Governor Gavin Newsom issued a statewide order requiring face coverings in public spaces as new coronavirus cases began to rise dramatically in the Golden State. But this San Diego Karen was not happy about the new public health rule. In her post on Facebook, she threw shade, writing, Meet Lennon from Starbucks, who refused to serve me because I'm not wearing a mask. Next time, I'll wait for cops and bring a medical exemption. Since she posted on Facebook, it's been shared more than 50,000 times and received over 132,000 comments overwhelmingly in support of the barista named Lennon. One commenter wrote, Listen, Karen, if you can't be bothered to wear a mask for 10 minutes out of consideration for other people and because it's a store policy, then you're not only rude, you're incredibly selfish. Newsflash, everything isn't about you. Another commenter wrote, There's no reason to publicly shame a kid who's trying to work his shift like any other day. Said another, if you can't wear a mask, why not go through the drive-thru? For its part, Starbucks issued a statement asking all customers to follow the current guidelines regarding mask requirements. They wrote, we want everyone to feel welcome in our stores. We respectfully request customers follow social distancing and safety protocols recommended by public health officials, including wearing a facial covering when visiting our stores. Facebook user Matt Cohen saw the snarky post on Facebook by Giles and decided to set up a GoFundMe page to collect tips for Lennon. He told local news station KGTV in San Diego, I set the goal at $1,000, thinking that that was a reach, and we'd be lucky if we hit, like, $250. When we hit $100, I was overwhelmed by that. In one day, though, Cowan's campaign, titled Tips for Linen Standing Up to a San Diego Karen, had raised more than $5,000 for linen. Over the past week, tips continued to pour in, and as I record this, the campaign has raised over $100,000 from more than 7,000 donors. The majority of the contributions were in the amount of 5 or $10. Lynn Gutierrez expressed his thanks in a Facebook video and shared his side of the story, saying he was just following company policy when he asked Giles if she had a face mask. He said, Before I could say anything, she flipped me off and said, I don't need one, and she started cursing up a storm. She started calling people sheep, and she left. But within a few minutes came back and she asked for my name and took a photo. Gutierrez also shared that before the coronavirus health threat, he taught dance to children. He explained, That's all I really want to do, to just be able to show dance to others and show them how much I love it 
and how much it affected me. And if I can show that to someone else, that would be amazing and change their life like it changed mine. In an update to the crowdfunding page, Cowan underscored that Lennon will be receiving 100% of the funds from the campaign. Also, a financial advisor has been arranged to help Lennon plan how to properly invest and use the large sum of money. Cowan added that Lennon has said he wants to plan to use some of the money to pursue his dreams of becoming a dancer, but he also wants to donate to some organizations in the San Diego community. In a video shared by local NBC News affiliate KNSD-TV, Giles claimed she was denied and discriminated against in the incident and says since her post went live, she's received thousands of death threats. Giles also admitted she's an anti-vaxxer and believes masks are ineffective. Plus, she says she plans on suing Cowan for defamation and slander for his GoFundMe page and... She wants at least half of the money raised through the GoFundMe campaign, quote, because they're using me to get it. Girl, no one tipped you, okay? Chalk up another first for Grammy Tony Emmy Award winner Billy Porter as he becomes the first openly gay black man to appear on the cover of Essence magazine. It's not the first barrier broken by the post star. Last year, he was the first gay black man to win an Emmy Award in an acting category. And he was also the first man to cover Allure magazine. In the cover story for Essence, titled Why Billy Porter is a National Treasure, writer Travell Anderson chronicles Porter's journey to here. Here is where Porter finds himself after multiple gigs on Broadway in the 1990s, like Five Guys Named Mo, Miss Saigon, and Grease, ultimately led to his stepping out of the spotlight because he was passed over for the serious roles he desired and deserved and would eventually appear in, like the off-Broadway revival of Angels in America and the starring role in Broadway's Kinky Boots, for which he won his Tony Award. Noting his number of years of unemployment after he made the choice to lean into his own truth, he told Essence, Warning folks, strong language coming, quote, I chose myself over whatever might be, but by taking myself out of the masculinity game, that literally turned my life around, and all of those layers were building blocks to the authentic human being you see in front of you who gives zero fucks. When I actually leaned into my truth, this is what ultimately happened. Did it take two plus decades? Yes, but it is happening, and this is my ministry. End quote. He also discusses his recent cover of Buffalo Springfield's 1966 activism classic, For What It's Worth, saying, Being first-generation post-civil rights and feeding directly into, as a gay man, the AIDS crisis, activism is in my DNA. And while I don't fancy myself an organizer, you tell me where to show up, I'm going to show up. I'm that kind of activist. He also addresses the conflict he sees while standing at the intersection of the Black Lives Matter movement and the homophobia he's experienced from conservative black people. He says, You all want to act like you're concerned about our salvation. But don't worry about my salvation. Let me do that. If you think I'm going to hell, you keep that to yourself. I don't need tolerance. I don't need acceptance. We demand respect for our humanity. 
He also points to the impending November election, quote, get your little asses registered, and his upcoming projects, including the role of fairy godmother in Sony's live-action remake of Cinderella. It's an excellent profile of an artist who's learned to own his authenticity. Make sure you check out the full article at Essence.com. I'll have a link in the show notes. In the wake of festivals and celebrations around the world being canceled during Pride Month, out UK singer Paul Middleton lifts spirits with an all-new cover of the Kelly Rowland David Guetta hit track, When Love Takes Over. Middleton says with Pride canceled and the lockdown affecting everyone, he wanted to capture what made people happy in their day-to-day lives and connect to the lyrics of the song. In a statement, he said, From a mental health approach, we all have gone through tough times together. I wanted this video to show that by doing something positive and healthy for yourself, it can have a great knock-on effect. From a pride perspective, I wanted to capture the colorful diversity and beauty in the scene. I'm so grateful these beautiful people that gave their time for this music video. When love does take over, great things happen to you. Middleton's cover of When Love Takes Over is now available to stream and download on all digital sites. I'll have a link in the show notes. And that brings me to the end of this episode of The Randy Report. If you enjoy catching up on LGBTQ news in a quick podcast, I'd appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. I like to think of The Randy Report as the 60 minutes of gay news, only shorter. And remember, you can find me every single day on the internet at therandyreport.com, where I cover the daily news cycle regarding politics, pop culture, and entertainment news of interest to the LGBTQ community. Thanks for listening, folks. I'll close out this episode with Paul Middleton's When Love Takes Over. Please remember, wash your hands a lot, practice social distancing, and take care of yourselves. See you next time. It's complicated. It always is. It's just the way it goes Feels like I've waited so long for this I wonder if it shows Head underwater, now I can't breathe It never felt so good Cause I can feel it coming over me I wouldn't stop it if I could Will I take so Tonight, tonight, tonight